I'm happy. I'm sad. I'm all, I'm all a mix of emotions. Adam Kaufman, Greg Ehrenberg. And I'll tell you why, Greg. We got Thursday night football ahead of us. One last game before the holidays actually get here in the NFL. And it feels like there are football games every day of the week after what happened last week, obviously. A night off yesterday and now right back at it tonight. I'm sad, though, because this right here, this is the last Thursday night football game of the year, which means it is the last time you and I are together doing one of these shows of this season. Nice. Nice. Not 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 as sad. Oh, was I smiling? That was uh oh, oh, it's it's hard to hide the emotions. Oh, this it's terrible. Uh that's that's, that's oh, oh, oh it's, it's too I, bad. It's, it's too yeah, that's bad. that's really rough. I didn't look at the schedule and that's that's really that's that's really disappointing to hear about. Yeah, I uh, honestly wouldn't have known if not for uh, someone internally telling me, hey, we're flipping the schedule a little bit next week, and this is the last – oh, okay, last Thursday show. So we got San Francisco and Tennessee, and as is the case for, quite frankly, Greg, most games down the stretch here, and I I like it, I'm excited about it, is the fact that it means something. It is, once again, a a game that I know short turnaround for these teams, quick week, obviously, but it is a meaningful game in that you have a a San Fran team sitting at – Eight and six as things stand right now. Sixth in the NFC. Winners of three out of their last four. They're streaking, but of course, they are right there uh, trying to secure a a playoff spot in the mix with many, many teams. you got uh, a whole bunch of seven and seven teams behind them. And then, of course, Tennessee on the other side, they've dropped uh, three out of four. Pardon me. uh, San Fran has won five out of six. I I sold them short a little bit. Tennessee has lost three out of four. Third in the conference, gunning for that two seed, which, of course, they can hold at least temporarily with a win tonight, sharing a nine and five slot right now with new England, but uh, a whole bunch of five, eight and six teams behind them. So we got as much parody as I can remember in the NFL in both conferences, hard to distinguish who the really good teams are. What do you make of this game here tonight before we start going position by position? Yeah. uh, So it's, it's been a really weird stretch for the Tennessee Titans. And I think a lot of people might look at this team and say like, Hey, they're struggling because they don't have Derrick Henry they're still running the ball really well between Foreman and Hilliard. They've been, even against your New England Patriots, you remember, they ran all over them. I believe Hilliard and Foreman both rushed for over 100 yards in that game. So they were crushing it on the ground. But just Ryan Tannehill has sucked as of late. Just constant costly turnovers. He's been taking over a lot of really bad sacks. So I do think this team's playing a little bit better than what people might realize. So even that game against uh, against your Patriots, they lost 36 to 13, but it was really more competitive than that. There was some points scored late. They had a bunch of scoring opportunities and they just fumbled the ball a couple of times. Tano threw an interception in the end zone. So I think this team might be a little bit better than what people realize right now, but they're certainly inconsistent. Well, we're going to get into it before we do, of course. Want to tell you about a whole bunch of great stuff where you can avoid looking at us for just a moment and study our copy that'll go on the screen for you. We've partnered with Yahoo Fantasy throughout this NFL season to bring you some great offers. You can check out our exclusive limited time offer. Gets you one free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. Just click on the link below to redeem if you need immediate access that's easy enough you can email support at osmo.com we will get you all set up you can also receive up to 100 dollars first match deposit bonus with yahoo as part of the 12 days of winning when you use the promo code xmas 100 that is xmas 100 one word for up to a 100 first match deposit bonus use part of that bonus to enter tonight's $100,000 Thursday night football baller, 25 grand going to first place. It's a buck entry. That's it. $100,000 going to first place. So do not miss out 
on this one, folks. You can use our DFS tools and projections designed specifically for Yahoo to give yourself the absolute best shot at winning big. So all of that said, let's go round and round, Greg, because we only have about 20 minutes to do so, obviously. So let's dive on in. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like, hit the subscribe button. We do greatly appreciate it, of course. Quarterbacks, interesting distinction between these two. You might think that kind of similar guys just on the surface and statistically in the average year, they would deliver similar statistics, Jimmy Garoppolo and Ryan Tannehill, which is why it makes sense as to why their projections and pricing are so similar tonight. Garoppolo, 16 and a half projected points by our guy, Alex Baker and the rest of the awesome team. He is $28 Tannehill, $26 and projected for a hair less at 15.9 thing is, and you were alluding to this before, Greg, I mean, you got Garoppolo who has a passer rating second only to Aaron Rodgers over the last eight weeks at this point he uh has not passed for a, a high volume of yardage only 300 yards uh you know not not in the last half dozen games as a matter of fact doesn't happen too often but the touchdown to interception ratio is pretty good meanwhile Tannehill on the other side he is he's kind of stunk you know he's topped 200 yards just twice his last six games he has eight total touchdowns four on the ground four in the air and seven interceptions so does that make Garoppolo the more obvious choice for you or is it Tannehill on account of reinforcements coming in? Both of these quarterbacks are certainly in play because of one game slate and quarterbacks just generally tend to score really well for fantasy, even if it's, you know, not necessarily always the most upside in the world. And they're priced reasonably $26 and $28. But these aren't the same no brainer plays at quarterbacks that they are in a lot of these other slates. Because you mentioned it before, even though Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the better passer ratings in the league since I think you said week eight was the number, a lot yeah. of it's just because they haven't asked him to do all a lot. It's been a lot of screen passes, short passes to guys like Debo Samuel, and Samuel's broken some big plays. Other than that, over that time frame, I believe he's only thrown over 30 pass attempts once, and that was two weeks ago against the Bengals in a game that went to over, uh, for Jimmy Garoppolo, a game that went to overtime. So that game, he was 27 of 41, 296 yards. He hasn't thrown for over 300 yards since week nine against the Arizona Cardinals. It was a game they lost, and a lot of it came in garbage time. So I don't really think that Garoppolo is playing that well. He's managing games okay. So both these quarterbacks, as you look at them, we have Tannehill, 20% chance to be the top scorer on the slate. Jimmy Garoppolo, 18.6% chance. I think both of them are two of the stronger plays on the slate, but it's not like other ones where we have to just jam in the quarterbacks at all costs. Well, and just to further support that, looking at Garoppolo's game log, he has gone sub 20 points five out of his last six games. So as you acknowledged, you know, it's it's not like we're seeing a lot of big games. Plus, you mentioned Debo Samuel, and we'll get to him uh, sort of in stages here because of the the impact that he has both in the air and more recently on the ground. We'll talk about him in a moment. Before we go to the running backs, though, just Tannehill on the other side. We talked about how he's really struggled of late, but again, you have Julio Jones coming back. He's he's going to play despite the hamstring injury that he's dealing with that forced him out of the last game over the weekend. And more notably, A.J. Brown is coming in, hasn't played since week 11, and of course, uh, you know, is, is eligible to get out there for this one. We'll see what the volume is for him. But the fact that they have both of those guys, two guys that when they are available sharing the field this year, the team is five and one. So what are your expectations for Tannehill from that regard? Just the fact that he's, he's not throwing to like me and you out there. Yeah, it certainly helps to not have to throw to, to you and I, which is a tall task for any quarterback. But kind of what Tannehill has had to deal with recently, he does have some rushing upside, which is nice. His recent fantasy games have not been the best in the world, but still, he's quarterback, $26, reasonably priced. He's getting A.J. Brown and Julio Jones back. I do think if you look at the spread, at least for this game, the 
the uh, Titans being three point underdogs at home. Don't totally agree with that. I think the Titans are a, a good underdog pick here. That aside, though, looking at Tannehill, I do think there's going to be more of a leash for him in this game than we've seen in other games without A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. You know, against the, the game against the Patriots, for instance, they lost the game 36-13. to 13. He only threw the ball 21 times. And we've seen him earlier in the season throw the ball as much as 52 times. Now that he's got his receiving corps healthy, I think there is more upside in Ryan Tano than meets the eye, especially if people are just looking at the recent box scores. So if I can only pick one of these quarterbacks to roster today, Tannehill or Garoppolo, I'm going with Tannehill. Greg's one in the chat. I have a lot of problems with you people who don't smash that like. I'm saying hit the like button. And like I said, hit the subscribe button. We appreciate everyone here being with us. And like I said, last Thursday night football show here for Yahoo of this season. So let's make the most of it all together. And if you want to, as I see some people out there, treat it like a festive show and get your grievances out by all means. If they're funny, we'll, uh, We'll happily read them. Let's go to the running back position. As we know, still no Elijah Mitchell for San Francisco. And so sets up a good opportunity for uh, an inexpensive Jeff Wilson, Jr. Greg comes in projected for 12 points. He's just $18 on the other side. You have a couple of backs. Certainly one is more of the lead than the other. And that's Deontay Foreman, who has uh, about 10 projected points, $19. Then you could make a case anyway, $15, about seven projected points for Dontrell Hilliard. Of course, neither one of those guys is Derrick Henry. Neither one has to be. We've uh, ironically seen the production go up on the ground without Henry in a very small sample size with these uh, sort of a, a, a grouping of backs as opposed to one guy carrying the load. But that's not how fantasy works. Fantasy, you want to get the guy. So what's your outlook here on the running back position for both these teams that sort of have shared backfields? I mean, the, the, the 49ers don't really have a shared back. I mean, I guess they do. You could say it's Jeff Wilson Jr. and, uh, and Debo Samuel. Yeah. Debo Samuel is actually getting more touches out of the backfield than as a wide receiver as of late. But still, I think we have to look at Jeff Wilson as the best overall play on the slate after what happened last week. 31-13 ended up being a favorable game script for the San Francisco 49ers. Jeff Wilson, 21 carries for 110 yards, was also targeted twice in the passing game. He is the guy in the backfield for them. And sure, Debo Samuel is going to take some touches there, but it, it's still largely going to be the Jeff Wilson show in the, in the backfield. So as far as San Francisco goes, Jeff Wilson's the player I'm going to get the most overall exposure to. And actually on the slate as a whole, at $18, I think Jeff Wilson is the best play of, of the entire night. As for the backfield situation for the Titans, there's reason to like both Hilliard and Foreman, but I just don't like these time split situations nearly as much. We saw last week, 22 carries go to Foreman and Hilliard carried the ball nine times. Then you go back to the game against the Patriots, for instance, Hilliard had 12 carries, Foreman had 19 in that. It's still going to be somewhat of a split workload, and I do think it's going to be a hot hand thing where if Hilliard comes out and is running the ball really well, I think they'll be more apt to give him the ball. Both of them are okay value plays, but the real guy to roster running back is Jeff Wilson Jr. What is your make of, of Debo Samuel? I know you brought him up, obviously, and the fact that he's getting more touches out of the backfield than he is in the air at this point in time, and he's, he's doing well in terms of producing touchdowns as well. He's six rushing touchdowns his last five games. He only has a dozen targets in that span. So is he someone, you know, it's, it's not an either-or, obviously. You can roster both Wilson and Samuel. Is Samuel just a... Uh, a really attractive play because obviously he does both things and and to the point even where you you give him high consideration for that superstar spot i'm concerned about debo samuel's fantasy production going forward because i don't believe that what he's doing is sustainable at all here are his receptions the last four games now last week he had four catches this week for that one catch one catch one catch 
He's just relying on breaking off these touchdown runs. And I just don't think that's very predictable or replicable. In fact, actually, the last two weeks, he only had 16.9 and 12.4 Yahoo points. And that's even with him scoring rushing touchdowns in each of those games. So you look at some of the other games. Where What are the really big fantasy games we've seen from Debo Samuel recently against the, against the Minnesota Vikings? He ends up carrying the ball six times for 66 yards with two touchdowns. Really? Like just t- he's going to score on 33% of his rushing attempts, and we're supposed to think that that is somewhat sustainable. Then if you go back to the game against the Rams, he's five catches. One of them scores a touchdown. He's five rushing attempts. One of them scores a touchdown. He's just scoring touchdowns at an unsustainable rate, and ultimately, I just don't want to – love paying up for the most expensive player on a slate when I can't expect them to get more than eight to 10 touches. I mentioned, uh, of course, Greg's one, uh, Greg's J one in the chat. You are Greg Ehrenberg. We also have Greg Smith who has a question. <laughs> Basically it's the Greg show here, or you are just incredibly uh, uncreative with your burner accounts and they've just, you know, they're, they're all the same name either way. But Greg says, Hey, Greg, right to you, Greg to Greg. Uh, I feel like this could be a game where we could fade fully both QBs, uh, both Kittle and Debo have 15 plus points, more upside, both starting uh, running backs are under $20. What are your thoughts? It's it's not crazy. I, I don't think there are a lot of slates where I feel like we need to roster some of the quarterbacks. I don't think we have to on this particular slate. Like I said, I don't necessarily love Debo Samuel. We have him with an 8% chance to be the top scorer in the game, 35.7% chance to be uh, one of the next to be one of the two to five scores. So overall, we're looking at Debo Samuel with, you know, 40% chance to land the optimal. It's good. Without a doubt, those are good odds. I just think he's going to be more popular than what those numbers are. And I don't buy into his recent production. I think he's incredibly talented, but I, I can't expect somebody who's going to get six carries and, and two receptions to score multiple touchdowns just because it's what he's done recently. It's, it's a crazy unsustainable rate, in my opinion. Real quick, want to mention that our Osmo Plus NFL Express Weekly Pass, you want to take advantage of that with the regular season winding down, of course. It's just $3.95 a week. That is it. $3.95, not even 4 bucks. Do a $5 head-to-head with a buddy, win your money back, and keep on going. Enter those larger tournaments, chase some big money. It's the best way to introduce yourself to Osmo Plus NFL included. Everything that we talk about, if it's available to us, it's available to you. The difference is, of course, you got to pay for it just a little bit. NFL's... Uh, DFS player and ownership projections, expert Slack channel, everything that we have to offer, showdown, single game format, of course, classics, whatever it may be. New this year to the package, our season-long fantasy football coverage for Yahoo includes strength of schedule tool, trade value tool, fantasy streaming helper, uh, helper, many of you in the fantasy football playoffs at this point in your season-long leagues, so that could come in handy for you as well. Also included, new this year, projected ownership and optimal lineup production, or, or projections rather, for tier contests. So uh, get, in, get in on tiers on DraftKings as well. Uh, just try it out. Try it out. In the spirit of the holidays, have some fun. See what happens. Osmo Plus NFL. It is our most expansive express weekly pass. You can head over to Osmo Plus. Join uh, the join page. Pick your pass up. It's just $3.95 a week. That is it. Stop guessing. Start winning and join Osmo Plus today. If you have any questions, as mentioned, we've got you for another 10 minutes or so. So uh, keep those coming. Do not hesitate. We see uh, all of you right there. And uh, Steve wants to congratulate you on, on putting a picture up on the wall and starting to decorate in there, too. 
No, no, this picture has been up for a long time. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, and and to be clear, my dad put it up. I have, I don't have (laughs) the capability to do those things. He came over one day and I asked him to put it up, and now he's in he's in Florida for the winter. He doesn't come back to New Jersey until March, so there's no pictures of going up on the wall for a very long time because I don't want to mess it up, and I would most likely mess it up. I don't want to just put a bunch of holes in the wall, and I I don't have any ability to do anything other than sit on the internet and talk, and that's luckily something that I've been able to to monetize is just playing DFS, winning money at that, and then talking about what I'm going to do in DFS. But other than that, I have zero discernible talents or skills. Very relatable. Very. I think it's why we do what we do. Let's go to the wide receivers here. So Debo, who we were just talking about out of the backfield, of course, is a factor in the air as well, although decreasingly so as weeks go on. Projected for about 15 points. He's expensive, man. He is $34, far and away the most expensive on this slate in general, let alone at the uh, wide receiver position. You have Brandon Ayuk, who is projected for about nine points. He's $22. Might get a little more attention with Debo getting less so in the air. Of course, on the other side, the two guys we were talking about before. A.J. Brown, he's projected for nine or 10 points, $21. Julio Jones, whose real value is in name recognition at this point, he is projected for about seven points, $15. So how are you approaching the wideouts overall? Yeah, so I talked about Debo Sammy a little bit there. Certainly there's upside. We've seen it before, but I'm still pretty dubious about what he's been doing, whether it's sustainable or not. So I think it's worth getting exposure to Debo Samuel, but I'm going to be undercutting the field on him. I'd rather roster guys from the 49ers like Jeff Wilson Jr., George Kittle, if I'm looking at skill position players. Debo Samuel to me, $34. Once again, just a little skeptical that what he's been doing is sustainable. Over on the Titans side of the game, I do really, really like A.J. Brown at $21. He was playing really well before he ended up getting hurt. So earlier in the season, he sucked. It really slow start to the year. He was coming back from knee surgery, was starting to get fit, looks like he was finding his groove. Then he gets put on the shelf again. He's just underpriced to me at $21. I think that he's the overall best pass catcher to roster in this game relative to what their salary is. As far as... Anthony or uh, Anthony AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. What, what's your feeling on AJ Brown? Obviously, Julio, you spelled out Brown. Coming no, no, out. no. That was AJ Brown. I was talking. Oh, that was about. AJ Brown. Okay. Yeah, All yeah, right. Yeah. So, so Julio, you're just staying away from that. Not necessarily staying away from, but he's just he's just a guy at fifteen dollars. Like I don't yeah. view Julio Jones at fifteen dollars as being any any different of an option than somebody like Dontrell Hilliard at $15. I'd rather roster Dante Foreman at $19, Jeff Wilson Jr. at $18. We're looking at guys in the teens. Julio just looks a little bit washed. I think the upside is maybe still there, but when's the last time Julio Jones had a good fantasy game? Yeah, Week week two? He scored double-digit fantasy points once the entire season. It was week two against Seattle. He had eight targets, six catches for 128 yards. I don't know. I just don't. I think he's just past it at this point. He's he's always had issues with injuries, and eventually that catches up to you. Because at a certain point, you deal with all these injuries, your body starts to break down. And then all of a sudden, you're just you're just not running as fast. You're not able to stay on the field as often. So even though Julio Jones is starting the game, there's no guarantees he finishes it, especially now right. with his injury history. So he's just another guy at fifteen dollars to me. If you're playing a bunch of lineups, you get him in like fifteen percent of them. Cool, but he's not somebody I'm making a big stand on. 
So George Kittle then, who of course uh, has you know just been outrageous with what he's been doing lately, and the volume is certainly there as well. He's getting an average of 11 targets his last few games, putting up a ton of yardage, touchdowns over his last few. He's been really, really good. He's projected for 14 and a half points or so. He's $32, so he's you know you got to pay for the privilege certainly. On the other side, it's Anthony Ferkser, who I'm you know I'm tempted to even laugh about that as a consideration. He's not even projected for four points. He's you know he's the flat minimum. He's ten dollars. So if you're looking for a punt play thing is the, the, the only thing that, that pulls me away from laughing, Greg, is the guy's probably going to score a touchdown. I just anytime that I don't take a guy like Anthony Ferkser seriously, the Anthony Ferkser's of the world, that is the night that they're they're just they're they're a lock to find the end zone once. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far with that said. These primetime games this year, and we're almost done with them. This is the last Thursday night game. There's been a weird tendency for just crappy tight ends to score touchdowns. And I'd actually made a joke about it on Twitter at one point. Like, just bet this random backup tight end to score a touchdown today. It was like 30 to 1 or something. And then I deleted it. It was like, oh, my God, people are actually going to look at this and bet this. And then he scored a touchdown. I was like, this whole thing is just a bit. I've never heard of this guy before. And then he ends up like recovering a fumble in the end zone for a touchdown. But I don't want to actually roster any of these tight ends for for – uh, for, for Tennessee, especially when you consider they have Pruitt, they have Swaim, they have Ferkshire. They've got all of these guys healthy now, and it's not like any of them are significantly better than the others. So I'm just going to be avoiding them. As for George Kittle, yes, get exposure to George Kittle. If you're paying up for one of the pass catchers on San Francisco, I prefer George Kittle to Debo Samuel. To me, what George Kittle has been doing as of late, he's not going to continue this, but it's more sustainable than Debo Samuel just because of the volumes there. Last three games, 12 targets, 15 targets, and six targets for George Kittle, 181, 151, 93 receiving yards. This is stuff that we could count on. Touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, somebody scoring touchdowns on 33% of the time to touch the ball on the ground. That's not sustainable. George Kittle just getting this many targets, that's something that can continue, especially in a game that should be relatively close in a primetime game. I, I do really like George Kittle at 32 bucks. What about the defenses, though? And it's it, it's sort of weird because normally I'm I'm just not generally, you know, as a as a rule, and I most people feel this way. I'm I'm not all that interested in playing a, a defense when it comes to these showdown slates. I'd just rather pay up and, and go for the offense, obviously. But when you have a matchup like this, two teams like this, two quarterbacks who, as we talked about earlier, neither one is, you know, even though Garoppolo is is playing really well in terms of a game manager and passer rating and all that, it's not like he's lighting the world on fire statistically. And we know Tannehill isn't. So are either of these DSTs attractive to you, attractive to you at, you know, Niners projected for seven points, $14 Titans, about six points, $15. Yeah. Like I worded that. Are they attractive to me? Hell yeah. Are but they so like they, you. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah his defenses. Uh, so the 49ers <laughs> and Titans, I generally don't love rostering defenses on these single game slates. Every once in a while, there's a really weird situation with backup quarterback. For this particular slate, though, 14 and $15, we have both these defenses projected with about a 15% chance land in the optimal lineup. I don't mind it. Two quarterbacks that are certainly capable of committing mistakes, Ryan Tannehill in particular, the guy's been turning the ball over like crazy lately. And I know that he's getting A.J. Brown and Julio Jones back. That does help him to some extent. But that also means he's going to be allowed to throw the ball more. And how do defenses score fantasy points when quarterbacks drop back to throw the football? If teams are just running the ball, it's hard to score fantasy points because, sure, maybe you're not giving up points, but there's no opportunities for sacks or interceptions. Fumbles are fairly rare when teams are just running the football. If we are going to see Tannehill throw the ball more now that he has his top wide receivers back, I actually think that gives the 49ers defense a little more upside. So for this particular game, defense is a little more appealing or dare I say attractive, Adam, more and more <laughs> attractive to his defenses than I normally would be. 
it looks like most of the ownership for or rostership for the superstar spot is going to go by way of a few guys. Debo Samuel, who, of course, you're not all that high on. Uh, Jeff Wilson, who you are a big fan of tonight. And Ryan Tannehill, more so than Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback position. So if you had to pick your favorite, just going off of what you talked about earlier, I'm assuming Wilson. But if you're picking your favorite at that superstar spot, who is it? Yeah, give me Jeff Wilson. We have him the 15% chance to be the top scorer in this game. And this isn't a this isn't a Ravens slate with Lamar Jackson. This isn't a Chiefs slate where there's Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. It's pretty flat odds for who's going to be the top scorer. We actually have AJ Brown, Dante Foreman, Debo Samuel, Jeff Wilson Jr., George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill. All with fairly decent odds to be a top scorer. It's a bit of a crapshoot. So if you're playing multiple lineups, it does make a little more sense to spread around. But my favorite guy that I think makes the most sense is Jeff Wilson Jr. And I do think that he's going to go a little bit underrepresented just because he's so cheap. I think that makes people a little less apt to play as somebody like that in the, in the superstar spot. Jeff Wilson Jr., $18. That's my favorite guy to play in the superstar spot, all things considered. You got a lot of great content coming your way over the course of this awesome day leading you up into uh, not just Thursday night football, but of course, NBA action tonight. It's a big slate. We'll see who the hell's available to play with all the uh, health and safety protocol situations going on in the league right now. But uh, at 3.30 in just a few minutes, you will have Aton coming along with uh, our pal Lindquist at, uh, again, 3.30 Jock Market NFL Thursday night and week 16 show. That is momentarily 415 you will have uh some uh let's see Aton Lamarca coming at you for some NBA talk a little pre-show and then at 445 NBA deeper dive it will be Josh and bearded Adam that will go until six o'clock at uh six until seven NBA live before lock you will be back with Eric and then it'll be Laffy, Alex and Ben 715 to 820 little NFL showdown live before lock so Greg, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe we're together next week talking about something different. But for now, the final Thursday night Yahoo show of the season. Time flies, my man. Just goes by in a blink. Hey, final one of the season. And all jokes aside, it's been mediocre. I'm happy that we did this together. (laughs) At best. All right, Tyler, our producer, thank you so much, sir. And thanks to everybody watching. North of 100 with us right now, which you love to see, obviously, in the middle of the day and all the people active and interactive in the chat. It's wonderful. Get us out of here with some more holiday music. Love it. Look at this, Greg, huh? Look at this. Holidays. Wow. Woo! Oh, wow. Yeah. And, yeah, and it looks, it looks like this joint. Yeah, and it looks like the lights are like your nipples. Yeah.